When I was a boy, my father instituted a bedtime policy. I, I could stay up as late as I liked if I stayed in bed reading. Even if my mother kissed me goodnight at 8.30, I could keep the lights on and read until midnight, if I could stay awake. Countless nights I woke at 2 a.m. with a book slumped open on my chest. I had roused myself enough to tuck the bookmark between the pages, flip the light switch and fall back to sleep. I grew a love of reading in the comfort of my own bed under a well-lit lamp tucked in with the comforter and fluffy pillow, room temperature and even 70 degrees year-round. We are told again and again that the heart of a good education is found in books. As long as we can read, we are on the path to a vibrant intellect and becoming an informed person, right? I'm here to explore that myth, and you're welcome. Reading is powerful, but it's also safe. Did you catch the context of my love of reading life? I could read about the snowy Alps, while snuggling under warm covers, without experiencing the slightest chill. I could read about Jews escaping Germany to Denmark during the Holocaust, safely in my suburban 20th century California bedroom. With reading, the risks are low, both physically, bearing the old paper cut, and intellectually. Hear me out. It's not that reading material can't be emotionally raw, subversive or political. When we allow our imaginations to include the intimate revelations of the writer, we may in fact be moved deeply. It's just that the reader decides whether to keep reading. The reader decides what credit to give to the content, how receptive to be to the point of view. Readers can create distance between themselves and the writer and topic, or they can invite them in and receive their message. For instance, when I read, I can compartmentalize the troubling ideas and give greater weight to what I support. I can skip statistics, by the way I frequently do, numbers don't stick with me easily, I find it difficult to imagine the scope of them, but my skipping them does pose a good question. What is the net impact when a writer uses statistics to make a case? Will I miss the point? Go unpersuaded? When we read, we bring our personalities and preferences, our current circumstances and needs with us, no matter the goal and agenda of the author. I can ignore a well-made argument or double down on the ones I like. I can read earnestly or skeptically. Not sure that's true? Hop on your favorite social media space. How do you read the people who align with your politics? What about the ones who don't? Do you trust them and their facts equally? Why? Or why not? My point is, reading is fully under our control, and what we choose to absorb or adopt as true is up to us, no matter how well the researcher provides peer-reviewed studies and data. Reading allows us to explore, at a safe distance, all kinds of information. For instance, readers can travel through historical fiction to India, and learn about the time of the partition with Pakistan while rooting for the lead characters to fall in love. Kids can read about a 500-year history of the Roman Empire in a 200-page comic book. We have third opinions based on what we read, without fully understanding the complex dynamics firsthand. Reading allows us to consume, to become consumers of, a wide variety of information, but requires no action on our parts. 
In the worst cases, reading enables us to feel smugly well-informed with the right to strong opinions, even when we haven't put anything of ourselves at risk. Today, the bulk of most people's reading happens online. Snippets of opinion released in unending real-time and Twitter, Facebook status updates of people you haven't cared about in years prompting you to care. Instagram photos paired with captions. News articles and opinion pieces on websites you select because you like them. The ever-changing Wikipedia pages with their helpful summaries and inevitable inaccuracies indistinguishable from each other at first glance. I pop through blog articles, checking publications, dates, hoping to read the face written within the last year. My mind naturally resists content that's more than a year or two old. Information glut is real. And an article from five years ago already feels out of date. Meanwhile, the tech industry designs algorithms that are meant to engage us with content they select based on their analysis of what might draw our attention and keep us on their social media sites. Our children are even less equipped to evaluate what they read. Socrates said all those years ago, before most people were literate and long before the printing press and the internet, the unexamined life is not worth living. I want to tweak Socrates' timeless wisdom to say the unexamined life ought not read books or surf the internet. An examined life allows us to read critically, with more awareness, with healthy skepticism, with an openness to being changed by what we read. The skill called examination is the ability to discern or differentiate, to identify what is useful and what is rubbish, or even more the ability to say truthfully, I don't know which is which. That's the essence of critical thought. Literacy gives person agency, the chance to become informed by choice, to gain perspective, to shape opinions, if we read with critical awareness. In a thinker's diet, reading makes up the largest percentage of our input and sources. Reading matters in both its vastness and its limits. What we want to bring to reading is a curious mind, an expansive imagination and a hunger to know. Reading and writing are not merely about deciphering text and transcribing thoughts, then, but the power to matter to self and to others.